Ladies and gentlemen, citizens of the universe, fantasy footballers, Dynasty League dirtballs, NFL draft fans, and DFS degenerates worldwide, this is the Roster Watch Podcast, presented by RosterWatch.com. Roster Watch Nation, prepare for pop, flash, and sizzle. Prepare for knowledge bombs and cockamamie business. The Roster Watch crew is here to deliver the goods you can't find anywhere else. Here is your host, RosterWatch.com Editor-in-Chief, Alex Dunlap. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to episode nine of the Roster Watch podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, here as always with Byron Lambert. We're going to hit you with it early. We're going to hit you with it often. Please, if you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, if you like the podcast, give us a good rating. Give us a good review. We know that there's so many more of you listening to this podcast than are giving ratings and reviews. It helps us immensely in being able to keep doing it and keep bringing you this content throughout the offseason. I think it's a fun idea that Byron had that we have a just let, what is what is the general premise? Just a two round mock draft in the you, spirit of mock draft season and mock draft overload for the 2017 NFL draft. Let's have our own mock fantasy draft first two rounds. But you said you had a, you said you had other things we we well, wanted to you still wanted free to agency stuff to talk tie up about. some loose ends from the last podcast let's, and other things you still wanted to talk let's about. Let's get them so. tied up. That some like like you said, some things have come home to roost. There have been a few things come home to roost in the last couple of days. Uh, probably the biggest developments uh, since podcast eight are that one Eddie Lacy signed with the Seattle Seahawks. Basically, just as soon as Adrian Peterson left town, we were talking about Adrian Peterson's visit to the Emerald City in the last podcast. We had mentioned that Jamal Charles was likely on his way there. And the interesting thing is we had talked about whether the Giants might sniff around Eddie Lacy with the connection to Ben McAdoo. We thought that that would be telling. They certainly didn't. And the Seahawks swooped right in on a one-year deal. John Schneider wanted to make sure he got a motivated Eddie Lacy. He wasn't willing to sign any other version <laughs> oh God, no of way. the running back. This has turned into an absolute dynasty and fantasy nightmare in the backfield with Thomas Rawls and C.J. Procise, whom we told and you. Go, for- and, and pity the, pity the poor souls that, who are the owners of Alex Collins. <laughs> Just pity the poor souls. Just... Oh, well, we told you in the last podcast and we also shared with you the audio from Pete Carroll at the combine when we asked about ProSize and Rawls. We told you we left that uh, feeling like he was a little lukewarm. We left that interaction feeling like he was a little lukewarm, but that it was also a wide open competition and there was a lot of juries still out on this whole situation. So it comes as a little surprise from the fact that it, it seemed like we already had a pure competition between those two. But on the other hand, what it says is they weren't sold on the situation. They wanted to bolster it. Uh, what a nightmare that is for anybody that owns Thomas Rawls or CJ Procise in Dynasty. You can't sell them now. You got to hold them and see how this thing shakes out. I think Procise. I think Procise and PPR is the guy who's safe here if he can stay healthy. Yeah, because he's going to have a carved out 
to find roles. It was going to hurt whoever was going to be the lead back there anyway, even if it was a role, as long as ProSize stays healthy. Here's the thing. How long have we seen ProSize, Thomas Rolls, any of these idiots even stay healthy? So, Eddie Lacy, they said weighed around 260 right now. I could have told you that. I mean, he looked like he weighed more. He looks like... Like I've told this story, I've told this story a million times. It was a, a week I was playing Trash Man, whether it was, I don't know if it was last year or the week, the year before last, when I was outside on the, outside on the, uh, outside on the grill and I came back inside and I was like, has anything happened? She's like, somebody got hurt. And I was like, oh, who, who was it? And she's like, oh, I, I don't know. It was just some fat lineman. It wouldn't have been anybody on one of your fantasy teams. It turned out I was going against Trash Man, and the person who'd gotten hurt was Eddie Lacy, who was on his foot on his team. And I, you know, I had no my wife, who you know watches a ton of football just as a function of living here with with me, thought that this was a fat lineman. You know, so it's like there was a point in time where he was actually active for NFL games, and he looked like super fat. You know what they don't do in Seattle that they do? He has a weight clause up in Seattle, doesn't he? Some yeah, weight bonus. Exactly. Even though they say, you know, the Brass, Schneider, and Carroll say they're not concerned about the weight. They want the big back, It, you know, which makes some sense. Uh, they still built that into the contract. Uh, it's going to be... They um, want to be big. They don't want him to be that big. <laughs> weight, weight incentives. Yeah. What they don't do in Seattle that they do do in Green Bay is they don't eat... Midwestern and Canadian comfort foods. Oh, what is that one? Uh, like poutan? They do not eat that in Seattle. You know what I'm talking about, though. Oh, yeah, you know what the they French eat French fries there. with the gravy. Yeah, you hunker maybe down. Maybe even something kind of mayonnaise-y to it. You, yeah, it's all like white on, like it's white gravy. I think there's, I think it's also melted cheese on there or something, and it's all on top of fries. And it's the poutine. kind of thing where poutine. poutine. Yeah, it's this kind of deal where where you got where it's so snowy outside and stuff like that. And you just got to hunker down in your house, and you just got to eat a whole bunch of that, and have it stick to the <laughs> stick to the ribs. I guess I have no idea. It's Real mediocre brand of comfort food. Yeah, it's not. You know, I think it's. I think the kind of comfort food that they have up that way is mostly just to kind of keep your body warm. <laughs> it gets too cold up there. We talked about it on the last podcast. The hype surrounding. Now, former Cincinnati Bengals running back Rex Burkhead. There was a lot of speculation he joined the Patriots, and that's certainly what happened. We told you that Bill Belichick can never have too many Swiss Army knives in the toolbox. That's exactly how they view Rex Burkhead. Basically, that's even what's kind of been the fallout from this, is that he might even be contributing on special teams, and that... Belichick just loves those kind of backs that can do it all. I don't think this, you know, who we didn't talk about in the last podcast. I don't think this precludes a potential reunion with LeGarrette Blunt. And and like we said, hey, here's oh, what goodness. happened. Eddie Lacy got swooped up. But these other guys, I'm telling you, they're not, I don't think they're getting signed until after the draft. The Jamal Charles, Adrian Peterson. We'll see with Latavius Murray. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't heard much about any real interest in Legarrette Blunt well, from any other teams. It's almost feel it kind of feels like this whole thing that just went on with in a different way, but it feels like the deal that just went on with with Dante Hightower, wherever he was. the The Patriots said, "Go ahead, test the market. We want the best for you." He went and tested the market. The market was basically about what the Patriots were offering him, so he just comes back to the Patriots. 
I saw Michael on board. I thought the Jets the- offered him cupcakes in a in a much bigger contract. <laughs> I think birthday Michael, cupcakes. Michael Lombardi tweeted out that it was a that it was a win win that you know they offered him the opportunity to see what he could get. What the Patriots were offering him was about the best that he could get. So he came, you know, came back. Of course, almost twenty million guaranteed for Dante Hightower, former roster watch all senior bowler a testament to the work that we do every year down in mobile alabama and the quality of players that come out of there we keep we continue to tell you that we could build the best roster in the nfl if we were allowed to uh create that just from the players from the last five or six senior bowls that we've been in attendance to and certainly dante hightower a real important part for the patriots there you know, we you rarely rarely see Belichick Belichick fork up this kind of cash. Talk about, I mean, Belichick is having a more active than usual. Just a spree. Season. I don't know what it, it. It was Brandon Cooks. It wasn't it Stephon Gilmore. No, yep. he got back. Dante Hightower. They go after. They're hoping Bryce to ship Burkhead. Malcolm Butler off and get the number thirty-two pick back that they gave up primarily for Brandon Cooks. No days off. No He's feeling off. spry after that fifth Super Bowl. Yeah, no days off. Was like a tonic. <laughs> All right, as far as things coming home to roost. Andre Smith has returned to Cincinnati. Like we said on this podcast, didn't we? Oh yeah. It always seems like he oh it's just he always comes back. They always say they're gonna they always say things are bad with him and the team. Like he's gonna check t- test the market. He always comes back, signs a new deal. You th- he likes a big th- <laughs> he likes a big thing of Cincinnati spaghetti, don't you think? What's isn't Cincinnati that the one with the spaghetti? chili on top? Ugh, Jesus man, who does that? Cincinnati spaghetti? That's another weird comfort food, man. Cincinnati bow tie pasta. <laughs> We've told you for a long time that Clive Walford was a mediocre talent. He was overdrafted by Reggie McKenzie, and he was already looking like a long well, he, shot he for a guy, second well, contract. That was the guy we had to come on. We had to really change our stance on because coming out of that senior bowl, we loved him. Oh, I feel like love is a really strong term. I think we said that he was one of the best ones we'd scouted since we've been there because it's been a really poor and weak tight end class. Guy, I well, never thought Clive Walford was any kind of third round pick. Ever, oh, no, no, ever, no, no, and the production but is. He was an all senior bowler, and I yeah, will well, say, that's fine. I mean, he he was he was a little bit better than the Crockett Gilmore's and the CJ Fedora, which is nowhere. Uh, I'm not sure he's better than the CJ Fedora. Which okay, is, maybe not. Well, he, that's the other thing. He wasn't the blocker, right? Not at all. Nonetheless, hey, he, here's he, the it deal: was, three tight ends at this year's Senior Bowl are better. Been the first. Would have been the t- yeah. He made the all senior, senior bowl team by default, right? Because he was a reasonably adept pass catcher in practice, and f- and could move and could move. Since Ladarius Green, he'd been the best one yeah. that we've seen there. And, and here's the thing: if you go back and look through the rosters, you'll see that he probably you know, maybe was at least as far as his draft position. And looking back, I would have never told you Ladarius Green should be a third round pick. With if that's who the comp was, I would have never said. And I'm not sure we thought he was even quite as good as Ladarius as far as his body was concerned. So, nonetheless, the production hasn't matched either. I think the Raiders have already evaluated Clive Walford as a long shot for a second contract. I think this one's interesting. They're sniffing around Jared Cook. I like that. That's a, I think that's a good fit. He's, he's still athletic. He's still useful. 
Derek Carr, Derek Carr can sling it. They don't have a tight end. That's a piece of that puzzle they do not have. And I think there's room for a big role for tight end there. I mean, Cook could have the chance to come in. Maybe it'll be too weird, too tight of an offense with Walford. I think Cook would have a chance to come in, potentially dominate snaps at the tight end position and carve a pretty big rollout in Oakland. I like that a lot. What do you think about the idea of the Raiders drafting tight end? I like it, too. I like it, too. But if I can get, you know, really, I like Jared Cook. It's this the, is such a uh, deep only, year for tight ends. Uh, almost you could get a Jared Cook and draft yes, one of these guys. Yes, I think you can do both. But to 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 your point, I'd rather, as much as I like this tight end class for the Oakland Raiders, I like Jared Cook more than everybody but three of those tight ends. Jared Cook more than... I'm. I'm. What I'm saying is, I Jared Cook to me as deep as the tight end classes. I'd rather have Jared Cook than most of those guys for the Raiders roster, except for OJ Howard, except for maybe the top two or three. Yeah, I'd have to go. I still have to evaluate more in Joku for me. For certainly Ingram and Howard, I'd probably rather invest in if I could only pick one for the future than Jared Cook. But Jared Cook has a chance to be as good as any of those guys. He's matched up athletically. That we talked about what an athletic freak show it was for the tight end position at the combine this year. I, I wouldn't doubt if Jared Cooks, we should go look. His, I bet his combine numbers and pro day numbers stacked right up in there. Oh, Jared Cook, was a, he Jared was, a Cook freak. was a freak. It was a freak show. But he I, hasn't been able to stay healthy through a season. He hasn't, he's only stuck on at places for one-year deals and stuff. I don't know. I just don't, don't think he, was, like he wasn't featured. and He's, you're ne he's never going to really be featured in Green Bay. Seems like that's a turnstile. Maybe he wasn't the blocker they wanted. I mean, hence Martellus Bennett. Yeah. I mean, he's there. The production's never matched the measurables and the tangibles. But, you know, it's pure speculation whether that would occur with any of this year's tight end prospects you, either, and, except and you, for Evan Ingram and OJ Howard. Those are two players we're very confident in. Oh, yes. Evan Ingram being slept on here. He's such a good tight end. If he's not. He, he should definitely be a second-round pick. I, I pulled up Jared Cook's mock draftable. Man, he sure had a he sure had a big broad jump. 91st percentile on the broad jump, and he had a 41-inch vertical and a 4.49.40. And he weighed 246. Six, That's five. a monster. So, it's a monster. Yeah, it's a monster pro day. So you're look looking at, at this, look you're saying, at, do look I want to – his number one comp, Vizante Shanko. Yeah, these are good comps. Dallas Clark, uh, Vizante Shanko, ASJ. What year was that? 2011? No, 2008. It looks like 2009. Nine. So you want to 7 8 29 years old. You want it looks like it looks like spotrack.com is saying that they actually have a market value deal for him and their projection based They're on his They're not paying him. He's going to pay him peanuts. 3.4 million. So I'd rather pay salary. the 7-year veteran coming out of an organization like the Green Bay Packers whose measurables stack up with every single one of these rookies. I can pay him peanuts. I love that. You move. can pay him. A, you you pay him a little bit less than a Gary Barnage. I love that move. You, if the you pay him about as much off. as a Brent Selleck, about half as much as a, a Delaney Walker or a Greg Olson. Would you like him in fantasy or no? Maybe as a tight end too. You know how we generally. It's going to be the same with these tight ends. If you don't get a elite one at the very beginning, which I don't think a lot of roster watch nation will, we're going to have to see how drafts are falling whenever we do create the Frankenstein of a, of the epic cheat sheet and start making the bones of it. But I'm not sure that we're going to be 
changing our tune this year to reach for any early round tight ends. So I think it'll be the same. Yeah, I think guys like Jared Cook will be in the mix there at the, kind of at the end, pick round 12, round 13. Whoever, whoever it is around there when you can take them and maybe some kind of – When's the last time you won your fantasy league taking a tight end early or prioritizing tight end in your draft? Do you know when I did, it was in the Sirius XM 20, when I won in 2015 – when I won in the hosts league, the the standard hosts league, and in that one, it wasn't that I took him early. It's just that Greg Olson, I remember, fell to the yeah, sixth he, he round. Yeah, he fell to you. Yeah, sixth round. And I was like, you know, this is a deal where I didn't like any of the other options. Yeah, I, I said, look. You weren't prioritizing tight end. No, Value no, no. fell but to I you, did, of course. But I did win a championship in a pretty competitive With a good league. tight end. No, what, I'm not saying we don't want to own a so, good tight end. I'm saying right. we want – we've – no – Think about the last it's, time it's, you won your league. Hard. Prioritizing right. tight end in your draft. It's falling. It didn't happen. It didn't happen. Yes. You didn't do it. It's a mirage. And so what you're going to have is you're either going to get your couple of guys that you're going to start every week or you're going to be having playing waiver wire tight end you know, for stretches of the season. Coming home to roost. More news coming, coming home to roost. Several things here. Actually, two or three more things. It's being reported, and I'm not sure. To me, this looks like a regurgitated quote from the Combine. But it may be just something similar that's come out at a recent Rams press conference uh, back in Los Angeles. Coach Sean McVay talking up second-year tight end Tyler Higbee. Hey, your boys at Roster Watch have been right on top of this, guys. We hope you've been putting out the feelers for him. Did he? Was it more good news? Yeah, just saying he's looking forward to to getting him on the field this summer. He thinks he can stretch the seam and has a good catch radius. It's exactly what he told us at the Combine. This may be a regurgitated quote. The fact is now there's starting to be a little smoke for this fire, so make sure you stay ahead of this. We've, you know, we're always trying to be ahead at Roster Watch Nation. We've been telling you for well over a month that when everybody else is talking he, Austin he, Hooper – and when everybody else is talking Hunter Henry, <laughs> they're talking Hunter Henry, and then the and then the undercover guys are talking Austin Hooper, and we're the super undercover guys saying, no, 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 let's peel the onion back. This is the Tyler Higby time. We love trying to come in the back door and raid the castle. <laughs> what a backdoor Garoppolo question. <laughs> so if you haven't sniffed around this yet, you're still a lot of your league mates in the dead of the NFL calendar or the NFL fantasy offseason still might not be up to snuff to this. Make sure if you need a tight end on your dynasty roster or even in redraft this year, make sure that Tyler Higby's on your radar. This is an interesting player that could break out. Remember that head coach Sean McVay from the Washington Redskins found a way to heavily integrate not only Jordan Reed, but even Vernon Davis last year. He's a guy that likes the tight end. We were surprised to, I guess, break the news in Indianapolis that Steelers GM Kevin Colbert, whom we admire significantly through this time of the offseason, he believes that the Steelers offense was, was better in 2016 without Martavis Bryant than it was in 2015 with him. And he doesn't necessarily believe that it was because they did not have Martavis Bryant. But what that tells me is he didn't think there was a drop-off. And some miraculous way, he thinks that offense is actually better. Maybe there are statistical indicators that show that. Our eyeballs tell us this Steelers offense was not the same this year as it was the year before. 
The only thing that was different was Martavis Bryant, and we could tell you he is a significantly better player than the Marcus Wheatons, the Sammy Coates, the Kobe Hamiltons, even the Darius Hayward base who break out every once in a while. We were surprised by that, but what the uh, implication to that was was that the Steelers aren't totally confident on the status of Martavis Bryant and his return to the team. Now, there's been some talk earlier this week that he has completed his one-year suspension, so now he'll be looking at reinstatement. You know, there's always more details of these things. We don't usually tend to find out until down the road. Who knows what the Steelers may know, but they are now bringing in former Titans and somebody else's. Who else did Justin Hunter play for recently? Former Titans wide receiver, I know for sure. Wide receiver Justin Hunter of the Bills has been signed by the Pittsburgh Steelers. Well, we were just talking. Marcus Wheaton now in Chicago. Right? Pretty sure that's yes. Chicago. I like the, that with Mike Glennon. Are they senior bowl teammates? Are they, Mike Glennon I, and Marcus look, Wheaton it seems like former it. senior bowl teammates? It seems like it. I'd have to look. I think they were, though. I think they were. I don't know if they were on the same roster. What is that, 2013? 13, is that the Geno Smith, EJ Manuel year? Geno Smith and EJ Manuel. I think so. What do you think about Justin Hunter to Pittsburgh? Does that signal to you anything well, about Martavis talk- Bryant? Does this get anybody goosey? Yes. yes. Is that the main takeaway here is we're a yes. little more concerned about Martavis with this signing? Yes, and the other question is— Because they've already got Sammy Coe. I think I asked you, who would who draws a bigger crowd, the Justin Hunter truther meeting or the Cordero Patterson truther meeting? I think it's—that's close. Patterson? <laughs> okay. I think it's Patterson. How about if you throw Doyle Green Beckham in there? I don't, Anybody still I don't that one? even throw him in anywhere. <laughs> some people love some. All right, the Devonte Booker truther meeting is it bigger than the Justin Hunter truther meeting? Uh oh, probably. I think That's so too because the, because they would have said less times passed for you know he could still break out. What do you think about? Uh, we talked about this a little in the last podcast, and the more I look at the situation, the more it interests me. I do think that Dimitrov was subtly inviting trade offers for Devontae Freeman in that last dump that came out. What? Why and else would you be? Why else would you put it out there? You know, that's the. Exact I think same it thing makes a lot of sense, just because he's going to be a hard guy to pay big money to. He just is for the Falcons. There's other teams that need him. This is so my question is love, though, though, he's a guy that he we is. love. If you need a running back. If you need you, a running back, are you willing to trade a first-round pick for him? Not in Dynasty, in the real NFL. If you're the Colts, if you're the Eagles, if you need a running back, would you trade the Atlanta Falcons your first-round pick? Are you going to sit tight and say, you know what, let's just take our chances. We get a Dalvin Cook, a Joe Mixon, one of these guys. Well, that's where Joe Mixon certainly comes into the picture because he comes in looking like he can be every bit of a sick, every-down kind of runner. Is he going to be a first-round pick? It's where he comes into the. It's well. That's what I keep saying. It's so idiotic for people to say he's going to slide because of his off the field stuff. The thing is, if he's drafted by an NFL team, they are going to have their story completely straight about why they drafted him, the facts of the exact matter as they know regarding him. This is getting harder and harder and harder every year for these teams just to slip in these draft picks of players who are previous 
offenders, you know? And it's almost like if the Chiefs were to draft Tyreek Hill this year, I think it would be harder, you know? I think it's going to get harder and harder and harder every year to justify this. So whenever it's a situation where you have Joe Mixon, who even if he the whole league took him off of their draft boards, his phone's going to be off the hook in undrafted free agency. It's going to be the biggest bidding war there is. Like, what's the difference in take, taking him in the first round or worrying that he's going to slip to the slip to the second round? You know, and and, and like and like uh, and like my my guy Mike Farrell, one of the guys at, at Rivals, like he was saying in a in a video that he posted, and you guys should look this up. If is Joe Mixon's high school recruiting, uh, his high school recruiting camp highlights? You just see he's been a man beast ever since even high school. And what Mike Farrell was saying is like, look, not only if you pass on, pass on him, do you not get him? You know, you're going to be rewarded by having to play him. Yeah, no, I, I think he's starting to slide into, into focus in the first round. I just think it's becoming like, if you're going to take him, you're going to take him anyway. It's not, it's not like you're punishing him any or doing anything practical by letting him, by letting him. I mean, he's just a much better prospect. The only, and the only thing that people have argued with me on on Twitter at this about, of course, make sure and follow us on Twitter at, at Rosterwatch. You can have these cockamamie conversations with us. But the only thing is, people say, no, if you take him with a first-round pick, that's the one that everybody knows. And that's the one that's on the local news. And that's the one that gets the biggest buzz. I agree. I do think second round is probably... I think he's coming into the picture the first round. I think second round is where Joe Mixon is going to come off the board. Or maybe if somebody already picked a player in the first round and they wanted to draft back into the late first to get him before the next day started, possibly I could see that happening too. But I think that Mixon comes squarely into play here. But then as you look Okay, at- so my point is if you have these options, are you willing... I think Dimitrov... Here's the I thing. think he really want to do. Here's the thing. Do you want, are you sh- all right? So with it, it, let's say you are, I the, think he thinks you are giants picking at 23. Okay. They're not going to do it. All but right, let's so say it's the, a team uh, like that. The, the, okay. The seat. Well, I'm just trying to think. What of are the Colts? What are the uh, Eagles? The, the Eagles pick at 15. The Colts, I believe pick thought they had an earlier pick than them. Oh no. They pick right before them at 14. So, you give up a second, a, a middle to second half of first round pick. I mean, I think Dimitrov will strongly consider an offer of a first round pick for Devontae Freeman. I truly do. I think he thinks at that point he can go, he can draft a running back later. I think he thinks he can maybe pick up one of these free agent running backs for cheap after the draft who could potentially be good, a Jamal Charles or something like this. Well, the, I mean, if I was one of those teams. Yes, I think I would go. I think I'd give up a first rounder for Devontae Freeman in his prime, knowing that you're going to probably have to pay him pretty solid contract. Yeah, you know, which is still a running back number, even a good contract for running back. If he's an important player on your team, isn't a reasonable you know dollars it's, per it's impact. Not, well, basically. it's going to be four year forty four year forty million dollars with what thir- with thirty one or thirty two. I mean, not, not not even that much guaranteed. Maybe twenty three, twenty four guaranteed. But I'll tell you what, you'd feel good about that as a Freeman owner if that happens. Because if somebody trades for him like that, they're trading for a workhorse running back. That's what they're going to get, man. Devontae's sick. I, I, I think it would be great. I would love it to have Devontae Freeman in the backfield with Andrew Luck. Oh, that would be so dirty. <laughs> it would have been everything we ever dreamed of when Trent Richardson was if that offensive arrived line was in good, Indianapolis. But that, that offensive line is starting to get a little bit better. If Mehor can continue uh, to get Much better. We love Ryan Kelly. 
Yeah, and who they've added a couple of good players. Costanzo's gotten better. Yeah, no, they've made they've a, a big, job. big improvement. The only there. thing I saw that I was, I was so, uh, I was so disappointed about our about our guy, Te- Texas City, Texas, the new uh, GM up there, Chris Ballard. His first idiotic, he's made his first idiotic move and signed Margus Hunt to a two-year deal. Did yeah, you see that? Thirty-year-old Margus Hunt. I can't believe he's thirty already. He's one of these men. He's he's one of these Menelik Watsons that moves here from a foreign country. He must be a special teamer. So much they older. Like. Maybe he's he good. block kicks. Nah, he should be, he should be able to. Like I tweeted out yesterday from the roster watch account, like he can he can certainly throw the discus for you or play the classical piano. Looking here at the Colts offensive line, Anthony Costanzo, Jack Muhert, Ryan Kelly. Denzel Good, Joe Haig. Oh, it was Brian Schwinky. I saw him. They brought in depth at guard. His career's like taking a little bit of a. Yeah, it's probably he started off well. It's probably taking a little bit of a swerve, but that's a good player. Well, we'll want to see Chris Ballard draft another lineman in the first couple of days. Of yes, this draft. and just atone for all of Grigson's past sins. Are we ready to do a mock draft yet? Sure. Uh, so is, is this going to be a 12, 12 team, 10 team? How do you want to do it? Let's do a 12 team, two round fantasy mock. You and I just alternate. We yeah, can, are we, we can flip are we a draft, coin for we, the first pick. Are we drafting like an actual team? No, I think just peel it off in the order. Those are best available players. It's Byron Lambert and Alex Dunlap here on the Roster Watch Podcast, Episode 9. The podcast is brought to you by rosterwatch.com. Please go get a pro membership at rosterwatch.com. It costs less than a cheap cup of coffee. We're going to take you around the whole NFL season, the off season, the pro day season, the rookie minicamp season, the camp season, the dynasty draft season, all the way up to redraft season, and of course, through your week as uh, your fantasy guidance and insight and your eyes and ears behind the scenes at all the events that we go to. We take Roster Watch Nation with us. Please sign up for a pro membership. Support our maniacal efforts. And also, you can support us by giving the podcast a five-star review on iTunes, a, sti- a thumbs up on Stitcher. And also, if you could, a nice review on iTunes. That helps immensely with attracting advertisers and allowing us to continue doing the podcast. And so... We're going to do the, the mock draft, but before we do it, I want to just talk real quick about one thing, and it's about Mike Williams. Have you got How much have you seen of him in your work of Deshaun Watson? I just finished and posted my um, scouting evaluation of him and sort of my fantasy evaluation of him. I'm not sure it's going to be something that – I think it might be a little bit contrarian about Mike Williams. To me, it's pretty clear – that Mike Williams of Clemson, a guy who a lot of people have as their number one wide receiver, I just think from a traits-based perspective and just from an upside-based perspective and just from a pure sickness and beastliness perspective, I have to have Corey Davis as the number one you know, pure prospect in this draft at the wide receiver position because the one thing that I was going to hope for is that there was going to be, you know, once I got to work really hard on Mike Williams, uh, the thing that I was really hoping for was there, gonna, there was going to be a distinguisher in the speed but now it's looking like, I mean, I don't think, I think Mike Williams is going to run a Laquan Treadwell 40. I think he's that kind of guy. And I also think that um, Corey Davis, we're not going to get to see a 40 out of him because he's going to have to have the ankle surgery. So we're not going to get to, you know, put apples to apples with those guys. So I like speed is a concern with me for both of them. 
I just when I see a Corey Davis, I see more of a kind of a Des Bryant or you know somebody beastly. Why like is the speed a concern of yours for Corey Davis? Because you think there's a concern on film, or just because you're not going to have oh, a number? No, I'm just not going to have a number. I just mean it's, it's uncertainty. Against, it's an uncertain. Well, no, but I'll say with Mike Williams, it's a little bit of a concern. But at least I'm with gonna Corey have, Davis, though. No, you think he looks slow on tape? No, no, I think he looks. I think I projected him at a like a four four, you know four 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 something. Like what did you do? A, get your stopwatch out frame by frame? <laughs> no, I didn't get that maniacal like some of our friends like some of our friends on Twitter. I'm I'm pulling up the I'm gonna pull up what I had. Just let me know when you want want to know what I think on Corey Davis or Mike Williams. Just about the situation. Okay, so with Mike Williams, I said I said that he's more of a like a Devonte Adams or or a Laquan Treadwell, and the the reason I came to that is you know when you watch a bunch of his games, you see that he has a little bit of trouble separating from these really fast and twitchy cornerbacks. He has a little bit of trouble kind of um, even just get kind of just getting off of him. Like he's shown in times I like I put a gif up uh, where he just kind of where he just kind of gets rerouted, you know, right off the line of scrimmage, like all the way to the stem and kind of just doesn't use his strength and his power power to run the route very, you know, to you know run the route technically or very well. He manages to create separation and space. And I think it's because he's, he's uh, like he's said in interviews, it's like a Mike Evans. He said that he's, he, he loves basketball more than football. Like that's his favorite sport. And so I, it reminds me of a Mike Evans, the way he can kind of box dudes out and get his arms out and, and, and attack the football in that way. I think he, as far as in a contested catch situation, I think he's probably even more beastly than a Corey Davis. You know, I think he's probably a better red zone threat than a than a Corey Davis, and it's, and it just reminds me of a Devonte Adams with the he's a little taller than a Devonte Adams, but it seems to me like Devonte Adams is always kind of usually not separating and boxing people out and making plays like that, uh, as as well. And then I don't know, I just you look at his broad jump; it was a ten one, which if you look at Loiko's sheet, that's right around the historical average. The vertical was a little bit below the historical average of the thirty two point five. But you know, super long arms. I looked at our um, combine grading test card from Inside Lucas Oil that we do every year. That's available to our pro subscribers, and I noticed that Williams finished number fifteen out of fifty-two wideouts overall, and one of the top three for the um, for the post corner. So, I think for a big guy who's you know six foot three and five eighths, two hundred and twenty pounds. Poor guy to rank in the top 15 of 52 from inside Lucas Oil on our sheet. That says a lot because we like we always say like those those types like the Alshons and stuff. They're always a little bit more more lumbering. So I think that he's a go up and get the football kind of guy. I'm not sure he's a, in the open field when he gets the football. He's not really a natural snatcher of it like we've seen some of these other guys be. He lets it come into his body. He had a lot of drops through the second half of of, of last season. So what's his arm length and his hand size? Hand size, our member is nine and three eighths inch. It looks like the arm length is thirty three and three eighths inch. Okay. Yeah, I, that, that to me, that's what you notice on tape is that is the length of his arms. Um, what I find interesting here is that I think Corey Davis is going to slip in the first round, and somebody's going to get some value there because um, of the injury, or just because of the yeah, concerns not about his side? out of Western Kentucky not being able to work out. Or Western or Michigan, East, Western, Michigan. Western, Eastern Michigan. Eastern Michigan. <laughs> Western Michigan, right? 
Yeah, I think he's going to fall in the first round a little bit. And there's a lot of people who think he might be the best player in the draft, right? Or that's a little bit of a he's I mean, sick, a little bit man. of a takeout on the edge, right? Yeah, we certainly like him. Alex has been telling me about Corey Davis on his should he draft him for his taxi squad like two or three years ago. <laughs> so we've been watching videos of Corey Davis for a while. Uh, so I find that interesting. As far as Mike Williams, I think I had him graded a little bit better than you did from inside Lucas Oil. Thought he moved pretty well and got in and out of his cuts pretty well and certainly caught the ball uh, very well given his size. Didn't put up the score that somebody like a Josh Doxson put up last year. I think it's, I don't like him as much as Josh Doxson. I will not have as high a grade on Mike Williams as I did on Josh Doxson. However, I think there's some similarities to their game. He's not the athlete that Doxson was. Doxson ran better. Doxson tested really well on all the agility and the explosive drills and at just the, the combine. Eye, and the eyeball stuff at the pro day. But what I'll, what I'll tell you about Mike Williams is I do think, while I, I think they're in ways similar players, Williams to me does have the longer extension on the arms and even a, a better catch radius ability. Than, so when you than, t- than, than Doxson? Yeah, and when you tell me he's got 33-inch and so, something-odd-inch arms, that explains it. His arms are well, a couple inches. Well, right, but Doxson's Doxson. range was undersold, though. He was a lot yeah. long. Like, he could, right. But Nobody that loves Josh right, Doxson more I get, than me. I, I guess you, and also, whenever whenever Mike Williams goes up for a football and he, and he goes up to get it, his arms are thicker and stronger and just kind of, you know, more like kind of. And I know, see the Mike Evans, too. He's not the beastly athlete or stature i think same thing he he may even have a little bit better extension in the hands in the high point red zone situation and flexibility than a mike evans it's just the one thing that he's real the one thing that he's real sick at is a real valuable thing and it's real valuable for fantasy and so i just i'm i like it more than laquan treadwell laquan treadwell was one of my comps for him because i think that it's probably you know it's probably it's a, it's a similar guy to me. So we think he a, should be a first. A, ba- historically, I would say Mike Williams should be a late first round draft pick. Yes, I would even be comfortable if I was a GM taking him in the second yes. round. And it's looking like he's going to be one of the top two as far as our could ratings be that he gets Corey pushed Davis. up a little bit because there's applied at that at the top of the. We've told you, hey, everybody's talking about the depth of this class, and we've said, hey, we love a lot of these mid round wide receivers, a lot of good players there, but this thing is short. On cachet at the top, uh, a complete opposite of it's not the Odell Beckham, Sammy the, Watkins, Kelvin Benjamin, Mike Evans year, but these are two good players. What a monster that these was. are two good players, and Corey Davis may have that kind of upside. Absolutely. All right, so we're gonna get to the mock draft. Yeah, why don't you go ahead and just start it off? Is this PPR as a standard? It's Byron Lambert. It's Alex Dunlap. It is Roster Watch. Find all of our content at rosterwatch.com. If you're listening to this podcast on iTunes, please, for one, subscribe. If you haven't already subscribed, get these things pushed right to your phone when they come out. We try to get them out to you guys for consumption on, by, or, or I guess by Tuesday and Thursday morning. Sometimes they will come out on Mondays and Wednesdays during the day. You can also find all of our content at rosterwatch.com. Follow us on Twitter at roster watch and find us also you can find the trash man on facebook uh, facebook.com backslash roster watch if you're interested in a pro membership you can go to rosterwatch.com backslash success and read testimonials from other winning players it's the cheapest premium membership there is in this entire industry so uh, go give that a look hook us up 
get a membership at rosterwatch.com, a pro membership that's going to win you your fantasy leagues just this year. All right, so I've, I haven't done a 2017 mock draft. This is certainly, uh, let's just give a disclaimer that this is not... Uh, it's authentic <laughs> and it's on the fly. Yeah, it's authentic, it's on the fly, and it's also, you know, this, uh, this is, does not serve as any substitute for any advice given on official roster watch tools whenever draft time does come around. We are in the month of March right now. Are you reserving the right to modify these stances in the future? <laughs> yes, very much Fortunately, so. at roster watch, we are comfortable with people who can change their opinions over time. You got Well, you got to be able to adapt, react, readapt, act. You've been beating me up about this first pick in drafts this year. Why don't you go for it? In, in PPR? That's fine. Okay, Le'Veon Bell with pick one. So this is a PPR league? Yes. Okay. That makes this a little spicier. Spice things up a little bit. So then I'm going to go David Johnson. And I'm, I'm tracking all this. I'm, I'm putting all our picks into a spreadsheet right now. If this turns into any any type of content that's reasonable, maybe we'll share it with you creeps. <laughs> a, d- a dinky spreadsheet. Okay. Um, so my, I'm not drafting a team right now, right? No, just we're, this is best player available. Okay. Ezekiel Elliott. You like that start? Now, of course, it's not a team because you would be the first. You'd be you're you've just represented two owners here, right? Right? I guess. So you have Zeke. Is this where things get interesting? I think so. In a PPR? Uh, no, not for me. Let me look this thing over for a second. I mean, your obvious choices are Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, Antonio Brown, Julio Jones. I would say. You don't think. There's any way to consider, yeah, I think those are the obvious choices. Still too goosey about a LaShawn McCoy, a DeMarco Murray. Yes. Not time for Melvin Gordon yet? I think that you can get it. I think you can get a DeMarco Murray with your next pick. I think this is probably going to be Antonio Brown. Yes. Give me just one more second here. Yeah, let's go Antonio Brown. I, I'm I'm already getting the I'm I'm already feeling the thrill of what it's like to to draft with draft with Byron, having to take a minute here for everything. Uh, I go with Odell Beckham. What is that pick number six? No, that was pick five. Okay. So you like you like Odell Beckham that high with Brandon Marshall in the mix? Yes. Like I said, I don't think that I don't think that. Brandon Marshall hurts Odell Beckham. I think Odell Beckham has never gotten huge volume. You take Odell Beckham because you love to have him, and at the end of the season, you're going to look down, and he's going to be a top three to five uh, likely player, certainly in PPR, and it's going to be due to his big play ability. I mean, look at his volume compared to all the other best wide receivers in the league. Like The volume certainly isn't there in, in target share. I don't think they're going to be siphoning him off that much. I'm just, I think that it's... You know, I think that's one of these things where you can you count on him to, you know, count on him to make a big play, take a quick slant to the house. I think I got a sneaky surprise. I'm going to dial up here in a few picks, but not quite yet. Who who goes after Odell at pick six? I mean, I I'm think you got to go Julio Jones there. Thinking, well, or Mike Evans. Well, Do I want Mike Evans? Sure the question, sure here's makes, the thing. It sure makes my next pick very easy. Here's the thing. It sure does. <laughs> but here's the thing. Maybe you pass on Mike Evans here for Julio Jones on the off chance you like Deshaun Jackson later in the draft. 
what is the what what sort of chance is that? I mean, let me just look and see what his ADP is right now. But I doubt his ADP is anywhere where you're gonna feel that comfortable taking him. It looks like he's not even in the top. Well, that can't be right. Yeah, it looks like on my on my fantasy league, Deshaun Jackson. He's got to be in the top top one hundred. This is a got to be a mess up. That's that's the first eight rounds, ninety six picks. I think that yeah. So it looks like that's the deal. It so looks, what we're gonna do? Is, I would love Deshaun Jackson in the ninth round. Yeah. So I am going to go ahead and uh, just scoop up Julio Jones here then. Oh, you know, no, Mike Evans. Yes. So this is pick number eight. Pick number eight in the first round. Yes. Of a 2017 mock redraft for PPR leagues. The, the, The first one we've ever done on the fly. I think maybe I'll get a sneaky one in here. Who? Well, you got to be thinking about Jordy Nelson, right? No. You don't have to even be thinking about him? No. You think you got to be thinking about Melvin Gordon here? Possibly. LaShawn, Melvin. No, that none of those guys are number one on, on my list at all. They're not, are they? No. You know what I'm going to do? I'm just going to pull out a surprise here. T.Y. Hilton. Fair enough. I don't think that that's too big a reach. In PPR? No, Love it. not at all. I, I, I go A.J. Green. That's who I would have picked the whole time. Uh, there you go. Coming off the torn hamstring. It's not, well, it was it. It wasn't a like. Was it a tear? A complete tear? Yeah, I mean, Marvin Lewis said at the combine that he's fine. He said he's running around, walking around, doing everything. I I was the one who asked about that. AJ Green, ten targets a game last year through ten games. He and was I'm looking at it now. I might. I think I was. I'm looking at twelve the, points per game. I'm looking at it now, and I was wrong about Odell. Twenty percent touchdown. I was dependent. wrong about Odell's targets last year. He was getting ten targets per game, so last year the targets did go up. T-Y. So yeah, I do worry. A little, I worry a little bit more. If I did, if I had to do all over again, I would have taken Mike Evans over Odell Beckham there early. I think so. Yeah, that makes that's a sound decision. Two players we had a very difficult time splitting, splitting the hairs between. between and right. Two of our favorite that we've ever scouted. Is it back to me? I got T.Y. Hilton. You got A.J. Green. So it's back to me. We're now to pick 10 of the first round. Let me just go ahead and sew up some Melvin Gordon right here. Oh, this starts to get hard because I could go Amari Cooper. I could go DeAndre Hopkins. I could go Devontae Freeman. PPR. You got to really consider. I think DeAndre Hopkins. Who's his quarterback? It'll be... Tom Savage, Fred Savage. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, DeAndre Hopkins. This is where I really feel like I swindle you for the first time in this draft. With who? Jordy Nelson. Oh, I in don't a care. PPR? No, I don't care one bit. You don't? No. He was the number man. one receiver in fantasy last take year. Take old man Jordy. He's ready to fall off a cliff. No, I want he's these not. young guys. He's ready. I'm, not, I'm not going to ride or die with these old men. He's hey, I think he's still in his prime. And he's now one year removed from the ACL. Speaking of speaking of players truly in their prime that have no worries of any ACL issues, but just nothing but juice, give me Devontae Freeman. I like it. It's a solid pick. I still think in PPR, got to be considering Tevin Coleman later. They like him around the red zone, and he's capable of pretty big plays. And anytime that there's a wide receiver hurt, he always takes over as a, like a receiving weapon. You know, they always game plan him in as a guy who they're going to use as like a, an extension of the 
as as uh, an extra player in the in the passing game. Boy, this is a good one right here. Is it time? Yes. Carlos Hyde. It's a good pick. Good pick. That was pick. That would be. See, that was the fourteen. That was the second pick. Isn't it weird? Of the second round. Isn't it weird that if you look at the my fantasy league ADP, you'd be reaching on him by like twenty picks. You'd be going way. Well, off it could the have gone to Marco Murray, but well, I, see, I think you'd be going farther off the reservation for Murray. Yeah, Murray's even farther off the reservation. But again, <laughs> I'd rather. I, yeah, look, I we know it. he's been anointed the starter again in Tennessee. I'm pretty pretty invested in Derrick Henry. I'm thinking about sticking out another year and trying to see if I can get value on him later, especially in PPR. He caught the ball very well. You've already sewed up a Melvin Gordon, correct? Yep. Give me the Lamborghini. Todd Gurley, I forgot about him. Off the, oh, hey, I stole him off the lot. <laughs> you like Greg? Hot plates on the Lamborghini? Boy, Les Snead's still got work to do on that offensive line, At even though I know you like Greg Robinson getting kicked inside for Todd Gurley. I love Greg Robinson getting kicked inside for Todd Gurley. You get think, on it, get, Greg, get on this dude, get on that guy's big fat outside hip and just wait for a hole to burst through. Is he good in zone blocking? Yes, Greg Robinson. He's he'll be fine in it. Oh, the Lamborghini! You've stolen a few here. AJ Green, Todd Gurley, guys who out of sight, out of mind. Hey, not mine. I feel like I've potentially been swindled here, and there's nothing I hate more in this world <laughs> than being on the wrong side of a swindle. Who are we looking at here? We're looking at Des Bryant. We're looking at if you were looking at my fantasy league ADP, that like they would have you looking. What pick are we on right now? We're on pick fifteen or so. So two point zero three. Mm-hmm. They would they would say that you're late. That you'd be getting value on Allen Robinson. No, oh, that's just and that you'd be getting pitiful. value on Michael Thomas. No, I think PPR. I'm considering Demarco Murray. Some point you got to think about pulling it. Oh, here's the sneaky one. I just found it. You about to swindle me? Yeah, it's gonna hurt a little bit. It's too. gonna hurt bad, I think. Yeah. Who is it? It hurts me bad to do it, but I think this is what's gonna happen in real drafts. Who is it? Dolphins running back Jay Ajay. Oh no, I wasn't thinking about that. That does hurt 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 me badly to even think about. But hey, PPR they, they, they Adam Gaze. He's going to be a tut. He's going to be. We hate Jay Ajay, but I'm not even. But I, and we still s s say if you can sell high, ship Jay Ajay. But the price of poker has gone up. It needs to be a first round pick. That was pick 2.0. I'm not going to go with Allen Robinson. I am not going to go with Michael Thomas. I am going to go with something that I think is going to happen if he ends up going to the Carol to Carolina to be a Panther and go with Leonard. Fournette. Oh, I was going to do it. <laughs> I was going to do it. I honestly wanted to make him I, a first round I, pick I, in this I, draft. I, I think it's going to be with the, I'm not sure it's going to be like the Zeke where I'm predicting early on that it's going to move up to first round. But here's the thing. I'm starting Fournette out here in the second round. If he goes to Carolina, I do believe that by the time redraft leagues start, he will be creeping into the end of the first. Alex with a team full of our favorites. Le'Veon Bell, Zeke Elliott, Odell Beckham, Mike Evans, Devontae Freeman, Todd Gurley, Leonard Fournette. <laughs> it's going to be tough. Tough tough to outdo that. Maybe that's what happens when you win the coin flip. Was it 2.04 we're picking at now? Is this up to you? 
I, mine doesn't sound as sexy, but this is isn't it, bad. Is, it, is this the fifth pick or the four, fourth is, pick? This uh, is 2.06. Oh, sixth pick. Okay. Yeah, 2.06. At Ooh. what point do you start thinking about a Allen Robinson? Not n- not until DeMarco Murray's come what off about the board. A, what about a post-Brandon Cooks, Michael Thomas? The sneaky one. Amari Cooper. Where are you starting to think about a Keenan Allen? Oh, Amari Cooper is still on the board? Is he... Mark Cooper's ceiling is limited. He has the highest ADP of any of these idiots. He has a higher ADP. Well, on I think he's being, o- he's being overdrafted. AJ Green. Being overdrafted. Or Devontae. As, as usual, people a year too late on these trends. And as we should be moving a little bit away from Amari Cooper, his ADP still surging higher than it was last year. What is there to support that? Nothing. Makes no sense. Again, you're going to want Michael Crabtree later in this draft. Boy, what if Tony Romo ends up in Denver? I might have to sniff around a Demarius Thomas, but we just don't know that yet. I'm going to roll out Des Bryant. 2.07? Yep. In a post-Brandy Cooks world, give me Michael Thomas. PPR? No, standard all, all, all of a sudden. Of course, yes, it's, it's still PPR. I'm thinking out loud here. You're trying to buy time. Sure I am. <laughs> hmm. It's a tough one. No Allen Robinson yet. You know what? You know what? I'm going to go with my guy here. I don't, we don't know. We don't know. I don't 100% trust it. But we got to get LaShawn McCoy on the roster at this point. Probably. In PPR. Here's my next one. He's moving around. He's going to be back for OTAs and, or no, he, he's going to be, I, get, I think, limited in OTAs. Hopefully back by mini camps and a hundred percent by fall camp, training camp. One Keenan Allen. There it is. Second round PPR leagues. Yes. It's a nice pick. Third, so do you get the last pick or do I get the last pick? Uh, let's see. I'm gonna get Are the there, last pick. So you pick next, then, then I get my final pick, yeah. and then you get your final one. Yep. Shouldn't I get the last pick of the... F- no, you were the first pick. So shouldn't I get the last pick of the second round? No, you get the first pick. You're the first pick in odd-numbered rounds. Yeah, so I should be the last pick of the second round and the first pick of the third round. What's going on here? Let me double-check. Maybe you're right. See, it's going to go you, me... A swindle is a foot. Has there been one? One, two, three. You've picked 11 players. So we're at 21. So we're at pick 22, right? And so, right. But, why but is that I so get weird? the last pick, though. You'll have, that's weird, but you'll have, that does make sense, but you'll have, I don't know. How did that happen? Oh, it's because we didn't, I didn't go back to back at the turn. Oh, well, oh, you didn't go back to back at the turn. It's because it's not your team and we're just alternating picks. Got it. That's what it is. All right. So back to God damn it, man. (laughs) What are we we talking about here? (laughs) I might just leave this part in. (laughs) All right, so what? So, <laughs> oh man. Okay, so it's to me. You just peeled off Keenan Allen. That's interesting, and he's going to be going late, second round in PPR leagues. That's that's a, that's a good one. I am going to reel off my boy. I, we didn't get the conviction we wanted. It's not the Jai, but the upside is there. We saw what we needed to see. Volume, volume, volume. If it hadn't been for Zeke Elliott, he would have been the talk of Michigan Avenue. Talk of the town. 
I knew it. You swindling me out of my Chicago last Bears draft. running back Jordan Howard. Uh, leaving me in this spot where I really want to reach for a stupid ass Allen Robinson. Why? He's not going to get more than 12 yards per catch. Can I get Amari Cooper still? Of course you can. Yes, my final pick. I'm going to hope for a bounce back out of him. At this point in the draft, I'm fine taking him at the very end of the season. Is it that interesting that you reeled off Keenan Allen and Amari Cooper back-to-back here and those guys back-to-back late second round here? And in last year's draft cheat sheet, those guys were always back-to-back high second round. So it's been reflected in the ADP. We've got the injury for Keenan Allen. Amari Cooper showing a little bit of a streaky and limited upside last year. Those guys get bumped down a little bit. Pour one out for Keenan Allen 2016 owners, man. So is this where I start considering a Rob Gronkowski in a PPR? I don't know. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. What about Brandon Cooks or Julian Edelman? I mean, with Cooks, it's maybe Cooks. Yeah, in a PPR, I think he's going to get a whole bunch of, yeah, a whole bunch of volume. I think that. Has Shady not been taken? Uh, I took taken? Shady. I think maybe Lamar Miller you could consider here. No, I'm going to end up running back heavy here. This is what's going to happen. You tricked me once. Don't trick me twice. I'm going to go ahead and draft with the final pick of the second round in our PPR mock draft. Rookie running back, Dalvin Cook. Dalvin Cook, there you go. Uh, even who knows what what team are you envisioning him being on whenever you make that selection? The Philadelphia Eagles or the Indianapolis Colts? Woo. On 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 a fast track. Yeah, you like that. So that will conclude episode nine of the Roster Watch podcast, brought to you by RosterWatch.com. Again, if you like the podcast, please go give us a rating on iTunes. Give us a thumbs up on Stitcher. Find all of our content at rosterwatch.com. Get a pro membership. Never be a fantasy loser again. For Byron Lambert, I am Alex Dunlap. We will see you next time. Hey.